Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I'm your host, Victor Tadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day so far. Today, we have an awesome guest today. He has been job-free since 2009. He has personally sponsored over 1,293 people. He stopped counting years ago because he was, he was recruiting so many people. And he's been a top earner and a member of a leadership council of his last two network marketing companies. And he's personally trained thousands of business entrepreneurs and help develop some of the world's highest paid earners in the home business profession. So let us welcome Paul Hutchings. How are you doing today, Paul? Victor, I'm amazing. Thank you for the great introduction. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be here on the show. And hello to Victor's amazing audience. Super happy to be here. How well, are you doing, Victor? I am doing fantastic. It's always a pleasure <laughs> having you, Paul. So I just want to start off by um, asking you a quick question. How did you get started in your journey? Just share a little bit of your story. What made you want to become an entrepreneur and work from home? Yeah, thank you for the question. So I was raised like a lot of people are raised with the idea that the way to be successful and happy in life is to go to school, get good grades, graduate with a degree, get a good job and conquer the world. That's what my elementary school teachers all taught me. And so I followed that path. I went to college, I got a degree in business administration, and I got out of that uh, education thinking that I was going to conquer the world. And I was so shocked and disappointed somewhat to find that the best that I could do with that bachelor's in business administration was a job in a call center making $11.09 an hour. Uh, I, I was really blown away by that because the college recruiters, they told me, hey, when you graduate from our program, you'll be making 40 to 60 grand a year. And so I got done with my degree with that expectation. And by the way, I worked hard in school. I graduated summa cum laude, uh, summa cum laude, uh, high GPA, and I thought, let's go. And I could not get a, a, a job uh, other than the one paying $11.09 an hour. So anyway, I started off in the uh, employee path and was working in a call center and did the best that I could to make do with what I had. And I started experiencing things that I didn't love in that corporate environment. I'll give you just one quick example. Mm -hmm. So I had a friend that moved to America from Burundi, Africa. His parents were diplomats over there and they sent him and his sister and his brother actually to America and said, hey, America's land of opportunity, go over there, you know, make your dreams come true. And so Arnold happened to be working in the cubicle next to me. And one day Arnold met with his boss because he wanted to know how to advance because we're, we're, we're working in these cubicles and we're seeing people getting mm -hmm. promoted past us. And so he's like, what's the deal? What are we doing wrong? So he goes in his boss's cubicle and his boss said, Arnold, you know, you really want to advance in this company. And he's like, yeah, I do. Tell me what the secrets are. And his boss says, okay, number one, you got to get yourself a set of spandex uh, shorts. Number two, you got to get yourself a racing bike. And number three, you got to get yourself a Lance Armstrong book. And Arnold's sitting there thinking, what? what? What are you saying? Like, this doesn't make any sense. And his boss said, stand up, Arnold. So they stood up and he said, you see that corner office over there? That's Jeff's office. He's the mm -hmm. VP of sales. And he is into 
Lance Armstrong racing and he does wear spandex. <laughs> and so Arnold came out of that cubicle and his eyes are just like, you know, shocked. And he comes over and tells me what, what happened. And, and I just, you know, I got this sense and I think, you know, Arnold did too, uh, through that experience and other experiences like that, that that wasn't right. You know, like here we were showing up early, was working late, working through lunch, serving the customers in a great way. And it almost seemed like none of that mattered. What mattered was schmoozing with the right people. And so I said, you know, I really don't want to invest my entire life this way. I got to find a better path. And so when one of my other coworkers asked me to look at a network marketing opportunity, I was totally open. And I was like, yeah, residual income, you know, no job. Let's go. Let's do it. So anyway, that's, that's how I got uh, involved in entrepreneurship originally. Wow. Wow, that's an interesting story. Yeah, so there are a lot of people. You thought the way to do it was go through college, get into a corporate environment. You thought you were going to be set for life, and you found out you weren't going to make as much money as you wanted to, and then you found out you had to act a certain way. You thought just working hard, just doing all the right things would get you promoted, but you found out you had to do these extra things that really have nothing to do with the job. So that's right. it seems yep. it, seems it happens to a lot of people. They, they go in these expectations, and they find out a lot of times it's, a lot of times it's just talking to the right people, being friends with the right people instead of doing the hard work. And that can be so deflating and can really be, you know, it really gets rid of all your inspiration. So that's why I guess the person, your friend that talked to got you at the right time when you were open to these opportunities because you, you were not happy with what you were doing. And then, and then, yeah, um, network marketing residual, this sounds good. So tell us about the beginning of your network marketing journey. How did it start off? So I remember my very first meeting here in my hometown of Blackfoot, Idaho, and my wife was pregnant with our first son. Mm -hmm. And this meeting was in this old abandoned warehouse and there were metal chairs and there was a guy at the front of the room with a whiteboard. And what I remember from that meeting was him saying that within the next 90 days, we could be making $40,000 a month. Now, it's not a guarantee of income. Please don't take that as a guarantee of income, guys. Um, but that excited me. And I mm -hmm. thought, Whoa, who would not want to do this, you know? And mm -hmm. so I was all in. And what ended up happening was I did everything they told me to do. And I went an entire year and made not even one penny my entire year. And so that was, that was my first year. And I, you know, I made, I made lists. I went door to, mm -hmm. I talked to my friend Arnold that I mentioned earlier. I said, Hey, let's go door to door and see if we can get some people interested in this business. And so we drove to one of the streets here in my hometown, knocking on doors. We got verbally beat down by some people, <laughs> you know, cause we were coming to their houses. And so that first year was, was, was not great as far as uh, income was concerned. However, that first year, I learned some things that I think were crucial to my overall journey. And I'll give you a couple examples. The company that we had joined had a recommended reading list. And up to that point in my life, I guess I kind of felt like my education was done with college and mm -hmm. I wasn't in the habit of reading. But this company had this list, you know, uh, Think and Grow Rich, Rich Dad, mm -hmm. Poor Dad, Man's Search for Meaning, Psycho-Cybernetics. Mm -hmm. And I remember starting to read those books and just feeling like my mind was just opening up. And mm -hmm. I fell in love with that. I fell in love with new ideas. I fell in love with learning and growing. And so even though I didn't make any money that first year in network marketing, I had started the path to growth. 
And I like to think that, you know, we're all seeds and we have a gestation period. And so it's easy to look at the outside of someone uh, or a business and say, hey, you know, we're not making a ton of money. We're not producing results and say, you know, this isn't worth it. But we got to look at all the things that are happening on the inside. And that absolutely was, you know, part of my story. And so after that first year, I sort of bounced around from company to company to company, um, went the next four or five years did a little better, but not much, made a few hundred dollars here and there, you know, got, got up to one company where I was making a thousand dollars a month in income. Um, and at that point I told my wife, I said, Hey, let's, uh, let's quit the job because we got a thousand dollars a month residual coming in. Maybe if we quit the job and go full-time, we can really grow this. And so my wife, she's always been so supportive of me. Mm -hmm. I love you, honey. Um, and she said, you know, we've got some savings. Uh, let's go ahead and do it. Let's quit the job. And so I quit my job making a thousand dollars a month. And then what happened after that is my income actually went down after I went full time, <laughs> it went down to like $300 a month. And part of that was because the company did something that I view as unethical. They took part of my downline and just moved it somewhere else. And mm -hmm. so that, that was, that was kind of tough. Um, but you know, Napoleon Hill says in every apparent setback lies the seed of an equal or greater mm -hmm. advantage. And I found that to be true over my, all of my business journey and in every story experience where something felt like it was the end of the world, my heart was crushed. I'm down on the ground praying to God. And I, there have been literal times like that. Uh, in all of those stories, I've looked for that seed and I've always been able to find one um, that turned out to be better. You know, you pick up what, what was wrong with the previous experience. You learn from it. You gather, like Jim Rohn said, you gather up the past mm -hmm. and you invest it in the future and you just keep, you know, learning and growing. And, and uh, so after about five years, I finally found a company um, where I had a breakthrough and uh, built my first six figure income in network marketing. So that was after about five, six years of being uh, on the path, on the journey. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So we, we learned some things. So number one, your first year, you struggled. You didn't make any money, but you were starting your process of personal development. You were reading these books. You were starting to get better. So on the outside, nothing was showing. But on the inside, you were growing. You were developing, starting to develop those roots, that solid foundation, which is required for success, which a lot of people don't understand. I mean, ultimately, in the long term, the results are what matters. But a lot of times, you're not going to see them in the beginning. So, but you were building that process, that foundation deep inside you, and you never gave up. You did not give up three feet from the goal. It took you about five or six years, and you went through some ups and downs. You, every year, you got a little bit better. You started making a little more money. Then, you know, you were making a thousand dollars money residual income. Then you said to your wife, you know, let's do this full time, and you did that full time, and then. Uh, your income initially went down a little bit because it took away part of your downline, and again entrepreneurs are going to deal with obstacles. They're going to deal with struggles. If these things have, sometimes you did not foresee, you did not foresee this happening. A lot of times we can't foresee these things happening, but then you looked at what Napoleon Hill said in every adversity is the seed of an equal or greater benefit. And eventually you gave, you did not give up. You worked it. You keep pursuing your dreams. You went to several different companies, but eventually you found one. You became a six figure earner. It took you five or six years. So here's the thing. You didn't give up. You, you were always growing. You were developing yourself. And because you were patient enough to not give up on your dreams, after a while, it took some time, but you 
you, you reach those dreams, you were doing six figures, but it took five or six years. A lot of people expect it in, in one or two weeks and they give up when they don't get success, but it takes some time. So I'm glad you shared that journey. So I, you know, could you talk a little bit more about the importance of personal development and not giving up if you really want to pursue your dreams and realize you need to be patient enough like you did because you were patient enough, you didn't give up and you had that success because you never gave up. Yeah, absolutely. So let me share just a few more things that happened on my journey that kind of mm -hmm. illustrate this, this persistence factor. It's the most important thing you can have as an entrepreneur is the willingness to never give up no matter what mm -hmm. obstacles come, you got to overcome them. One of my good friends, uh, Patrick Action Jackson, who was a former NFL pro football player, he said, the ground is no place for a champion. You know, you get knocked down. What happens? Do you lay there sweaty, bloody, bleeding and just say, oh, I'm down for the count. He's like, no, you get up and you keep swinging, right? You got to have that spirit uh, because like you said, Victor, things happen that could take you down for the count. So I mentioned my first year, I didn't make any money. Next four, four years, not much better, a few hundred dollars here and there. That first six figure income I told you about. So our downline was exploding. Uh, we were growing like crazy. We were telling our teams like, this is the one we found it, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And then one day the company owner says, hey, we're going to have a conference call this Saturday. It's like, oh, goody. You know, we like conference calls. What's going to be the uh, announcement? You know, so we get on this conference call and the company owner says, you know, the company's not growing as fast as we'd like it to. So we're going to make a change. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to launch a sister company. Now, keep in mind, we were marketing nutritional products at the time. So the sister company is a fuel additive company. And he's like, it's going to be great. We're all going to be in two product lines and we're all going to have two compensation plans and it's going to be awesome. And I'm kind of scratching my head thinking, I don't know, this kind of seems confusing. Like, how is this going to play out? And so they made that change. And what happened was we tried to be supportive, right? As leaders, we're like, okay, you know, the, let's trust the company. But what ended up happening was my income and my volume growth started sinking like the Titanic. And there was nothing I could do to stop it. And that sent me into a really sad <laughs> Sad depression, actually. Honestly, it was going into Christmas one year. This was back in 2011. And I, I had to look back over my journey and I'm like, wow, you know, uh, a year of no money, four or five more years of not much better. I quit my job. Finally, I, you know, I get the holy grail of I'm making the money that I want to make. And then the company does this. Uh, wow, you know, like, is, is, is there even hope on this path? Is this always going to happen? <laughs> and I found a way to, you know, gather up my, my, my spiritual strength <laughs> and keep going. And I did find another seed in that. We found another company, um, I think, whereas you and I might have actually met in this next company. Mm -hmm. But in this next company, I had the biggest financial success I'd ever have, uh, have ever had. And lo and behold, uh, similar things started to happen. So the company one day says, hey, we're going to launch a sister line of products with a sister back office. And to make matters worse, this same company, they, um, they said, oh, oh, and here's, some, here's a good idea. Uh, we know you guys all uh, love residual income and you're building residual income. We're going to make it so in order for you to get your residual income, you have to sponsor four customers every month. Doesn't that sound like a great idea? And we're like, no, that sounds terrible. That is not residual income. Um, so that company, you know, kind of did the thing. And I saw that income, which was a nice big income, 
crash down to nothing, right? What do you do in those situations? Do you give up? Do you quit? Mm. Uh, it's tempting. I'll tell you, after that happened, mm. um, it was really tempting. In fact, um, let me tell you one more story. There was another company that I was involved in where I built up a $3,000 monthly income. And the company owner told everyone, hey, if you guys work really hard and you qualify for this promotion, we're going to grandfather you in to triple the residuals for life. And so we did. We worked hard. We hit the rank. And one month later, after that, he's on a conference call. I'm driving to Salt Lake City to go to an internet marketing event. And he's like, hey, you know that triple the residual thing we told you guys about? And we're like, yeah, that's awesome. He's like, yeah, we're not going to be able to do that. Um, hope to see you at the next event. Click. And in one phone call, uh -huh. wiped out two-thirds of our income, right? So all these things happen. Um, clear up to that last one that I told you about, the one where you and I were together, Victor. And um, I came to a point where I was uh, talking to my business partner, Mike, and we said to ourselves, you know, if this is going to be the story, I don't know if we can, in good conscience, continue to do what we're doing, which is telling people that, hey, you can build a residual income because so far uh, it has not panned out because residual income is only residual if it stays and pays, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't panning out. And so my business partner, Mike, and I, uh, we, we, we actually thought about just getting out altogether. We said, you know, we just don't feel good about this because if you can't tell people something and then have it actually play out, eventually your conscience just eats eats away at you and, and you can't do that. And so we thought about leaving. We thought about, you know, doing the best that we could to find a company that we could trust and, you know, join, um, which by the way, I think this is a big takeaway for anybody who's building any sort of a network marketing or affiliate marketing or, you know, anything like that. It is crucial that you find something that you can count on long-term if you want residual income. And here's a sad truth is most of the companies that start up in this realm of network marketing, internet marketing type stuff, most of them go out of business uh, relatively mm -hmm. quickly. So be aware of that. And if your long-term goal is residual income, do whatever work you need to do to find a vehicle, to find a leadership team that you know you can trust, who will number one, stay in business long-term, but then number two, that you can trust is not gonna monkey with the comp plan or run shenanigans behind the scenes to move money around from this group of people to this group of people. It's really, really, uh, really important. And so um, anyway, my business partner, Mike and I, we said, uh, you know, we're either gonna get out of this thing, uh, find a company we can trust and believe in, which there are companies out there. You know, there are great companies out there. Uh, but for us, we said, hey, let's, uh, let's start something that we can believe in and let's do the best that we can to be the change we wish to see in the world. Um, but the lesson is, do you quit? Do you ever quit? No, even if your company burns to the ground, even if they jack around your commissions, even if this, even if that, even if this, if your vision is strong and you truly wanna help people and make an impact, um, you got to do whatever it takes. And in our case, we had to build product lines. We had to build a comp plan. We had, we'd done none of this stuff ever before, but we jumped and we built our wings on the way down. And so far it's been working out really, really well. So persistence, number one quality that any entrepreneur can have, you got to have it. Um, cause you're going to need it. You will need it on this, on this journey. No, I totally agree. Persistence is so key. 
it's you just don't know what kind of obstacles you're going to come across as you've shared in your story you came across a whole bunch of them and it's that stick to itness that i will not give up i will not quit no matter what happens to me that's propelled you to the, to the success because a lot of things you can't foresee things the company's going to do to you changing the comp plan changing your downline uh, making promises and then a month later saying we can't give you what we promised you so you're losing two thirds of your residual income there are a lot of things that just happened that you have no control which is why it's so important to work on yourself work on that personal development really develop yourself because here's the thing sometimes companies do go under for whatever reason sometimes the government shuts them down but if you develop yourself you can take those talents to another company or in your case you and Mike you guys started your own business it's because you guys worked on yourself for many years and yet at time now it took a, it was a lot of learning because you guys had to do it yourself and you never created your own company before but you did develop yourself and with the new company you guys never gave us so that persistence is so important and you you brought up an important point a lot of new companies unfortunately most of them do go under for whatever reason happens so always be prepared for that if you are dealing with new companies so like you said there's a lot of good companies there's some bad companies and then there's some good companies but they just don't last it's just part of the industry because there's a lot of new companies being built all the time and some of them a lot of them are not just going to last so you always have to keep that in mind which is why it's very important i believe to do your research on these companies the people who found these companies look at their track record did they run successful companies did they help people out did they run scams because usually guys who run scams since they run other scams guys who are successful who help people out will generally set up another company that's going to help a lot of us so i think it's very important especially now with with the google and everything you could just read up the histories of all the people all the founders so i think it's very important to do your research some people don't do the research before they join the company i think that is so important and uh you want to say something paul yeah you you remind me something a mentor told me one time the greatest indicator of the future is the past so mm -hmm. just what you said you can look at someone's track record and kind of accurately gauge what's going to happen in the future so take the time to do that for sure no, absolutely. So that's that's very important. You got to see where these guys been and where they've been before. They're probably going to be like that in the future. So that's very important. So the last five or six years, I guess, you know, Mike been doing this coming, doing this business, you know, creating all that stuff. Just take us through that journey, you know, because sometimes some people may want to create their own business. They may want to create their own company. And just what are some of the things you guys have utilized to make this successful based on, I'm sure a lot of what you guys did is based on your past experiences for what you've been through in the industry. So you want to just share some of that with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so number one, I think the most important thing in starting anything really is to have a strong vision. Um, Mike and I, from all of the experiences that we had in the past that I mentioned, we started, we started thinking about where did these companies go wrong? You know, like why did they not last? Mm -hmm. And the answer that we came up with was that we feel that some of these companies were making decisions that were out of alignment with principles, with universal principles. And so when we started our company, we said our vision is going to be freedom through principle-centered leadership. So we want to do whatever we can to help to inspire freedom, to empower freedom, to create uh, products and a comp plan that fosters freedom. And we're going to do it all through principle-centered leadership. And that is something that a lot of the people that have joined us and are working with us that we are so thankful for, we have a great community, 
that is one of the things that they really resonate with, that we strive to be in alignment with principles. Um, and another thing, when we started our company, so we actually were top leaders in another company and we went to an event and we knew we were going to leave. And the reason we went to the event was because we wanted to, we had our team members going and we wanted to tell our mentor, uh, thank you and uh, we love you and you know goodbye. We wanted to do that in person. Mm -hmm. And so we went to this event and one of the things that we struggled with internally was, do we tell all of our team who just showed up to this event, they're all excited, do we get them in a room and say, hey, here's the new vision, we're going over here. And we decided that we weren't going to do that. So we actually did not, uh, you know, mass recruit our team. We just, we just let them be where they were excited about what they were excited about. And we just went off and, you know, did what we were doing. Um, that being said, when we launched our company, uh, we did invite, you know, our email lists. And when we got on that first webinar, we did not even have a product, um, now, if there's any FTC regulators watching this, maybe that's not a good thing. No, what, <laughs> what we did is we had a vision for a product. So we got everyone on a webinar. We showed them the outline of the back office and what the vision was behind it. And we had people believe us and trust us and join. And so we quickly you know, built, built out the product and now we have uh, multiple products. But I think that's just, it's a good lesson in that, you know, number one, have a vision. Number two, people buy into your vision. And number three, sometimes you do have to just start taking action before you have everything figured out. And, um, and I think that's one thing that's really characterized our company over the years is we've just, we, we, we felt like we've always wanted to do the right thing even though we may, may not know how to piece everything together, um, we've had faith that our vision was worth figuring out how to piece everything together. And over the years, it really has just fallen in, into place where we've learned the things we needed to learn. We found the systems we needed to find. Uh, we've attracted, you know, great people. Um, so, I, yeah, I would say those are those are the most important lessons. Yeah. All right. That's some great stuff there. No, I like the idea of principle-centered leadership. So, if you want to create your own company, you got to have that principle center leadership and have that vision and have people buy into that vision. And at the beginning, you won't have it all figured out. So take action. Unfortunately, that's what stops a lot of entrepreneurs. They don't take action. They want to, they say to themselves, once I figure out everything, then I will take action. The problem is it may take you years and you might see five or 10 years pass you by and you still haven't taken action. You're trying to figure it all out. Here's the thing. You take action, you will figure things out. You're going to make some mistakes. You will make some adjustments. You'll make some tweaks. But that's how you get better is by taking the action. That's what, stop, that's what people have to realize. It's okay to make mistakes. It's better to have version 1.0, something that's not perfect, than version 0.0 .0 that you're trying to get perfect. Like you write a book, you get it out. You can always have a second edition the following year when you want to make some updates to the book. Same thing with your programs or your company. So you get it out. You're giving value to people. You're inspiring them. You're helping them out. You can always make adjustments to the problem, which is what I guess you and Mike did over the course of the years. You realize it wasn't perfect, but you got it out. You help people out. You taught them how to have a better life, and you made adjustments and tweaks along the way. So I really think that's a very important point. Just take the action. You will figure things out because you don't know until you start trying it. Can I say one thing on that? That's that's such a good good thought. And there's just one thing I want to say is that 
I'm a huge fan of personal development. It's changed my life. I read every day, uh, have done for many years. I think that if you can learn a lesson from someone else and not have to make the mistake they made, that's good and that's better than having to make it on your own. That being said, a lot of times the best, most relevant lessons will be the ones you learn from the action that you're taking. Because you can be a student of your own life, you can be a student of your own actions, and you will learn things that you might never have learned in a book, or it might take you 10 or 15 years to learn in a book. So I would love to encourage people to do both, you know, definitely read, but also be taking massive action and learning from your own actions. And you'll get really great feedback and insights that you might not otherwise get. No, I agree. They're, both ways are very important because sometimes you just got to do it. Theory can only carry you so far. Sometimes you need to talk to people. You need to build relationships, stuff like that. That's the only way you're going to learn. Other times, you, know, you can learn from a book or you have a mentor. I think that's why mentors are so important because they can help, help you cut down some of the mistakes that you don't have to do. They'll tell you, don't do this, don't do this. So you don't waste your time doing those things. But sometimes you, the best way to learn is to do it yourself. So I, I agree. That those are two important keys to, to remember. Some of you can learn on your own and you should learn on your own, but others you can just learn from other people or from books and this way you can avoid making those mistakes. So, uh, so another question I wanna ask is since you've gone through this process you know, through many years, you had your ups and your downs, you had your struggles at the beginning, you didn't give up, you persisted. For someone getting into the industry, say someone wants to be a network marketing, they're getting started. What would you recommend to them that they should do getting started and what to expect. So, because I think sometimes people get into this industry, they have an unrealistic expect, expectation of you know, what's gonna happen in network marketing. Yeah, I think the greatest way to frame a good expectation is a quote from Anthony Robbins that I found mm -hmm. to be 100% true in my own life. And that is this, most people totally overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do mm -hmm. in 10. So I would encourage people, if your goal is to build a real business, understand that it will take time and the time is worth it. Seth Godin says the long cut is the only real shortcut. Everyone's looking for the shortcuts and I like shortcuts. I do believe in shortcuts. There are legitimate shortcuts. Learning from a mentor, legitimate mm -hmm. shortcut, right? There are good shortcuts. That being said, we all have our own journey to go through. And I would just like to encourage everyone to commit, you know, commit. One of the decisions that I made early on was if this takes me my entire life and I still don't end up achieving my goal, how would I feel about that? And I said to myself, I would feel great because at least I could look back on my life and say to myself, I put it all on the field. I gave it everything I, I had. I went for my dreams. I didn't quit. Yeah, even if I didn't achieve my goal, that's the kind of life that I wanted to live. And so I think that commitment right off the begin, right, right at the very beginning that your freedom is a worthy goal no matter how long it takes. And then just make that commitment to stay in the game and don't be in and out and in and out and in and out. Because here's what happens. I've noticed is people will get in and then they'll get out 
and then they'll come back and then they'll get out and then they always come back right why because dreams resonate with our soul like like you know fulfilling our potential that resonates with our soul the uh, being around positive people uplifting people people who want to do something mm -hmm. great with their lives and make the world a better place man that's hard to stay away from so if you're in that now and you like that just make the decision that you're going to stay in, right? So you don't have to, you know, in and out, in and out, in and out. So yeah, that's what I would say. No, that's some good stuff there. Number one, I like the quotes from Tony Robbins and Seth Godin. And I love the part about commitment. Here's the thing. Too many people are, have the view of, well, when I see results happening, then I commit. It's got to be the other way around. You need to commit first and then eventually get those results. And, you know, commit, commit, commit. Because you don't have those regrets at the end of your life like you were talking about. Like you know, Jim Rohn said, the pain of discipline weighs ounces while the pain of regret will weigh sons. Because a lot of people mm. uh, will have those regrets at the end of their lives. They're saying, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. I wish I had not given up. But if you fully committed, if, if you did not achieve every single thing that you wanted, but at least you you know, you know, tried it. You, did it. you gave it your all. And you should be proud of yourself for doing that. So I think that's very important. And also... A lot of people, they just want those quick results. They have, they want the instant gratification. And, and someone interviewed a few weeks ago, she pointed out that anything that's great takes time. A baby takes nine months to develop. Flowers, plants, you plant them, you know, fruit. Anything you plant is going to take a while to cultivate before you can harvest. You, 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 don't, you don't just plant it and then it comes up the next day. It'll take many months of cultivating and taking care of and nurturing. The bamboo tree takes five years of watering and nurturing before it grows 90 feet in its fifth year. So I think a lot of people need to remember anything that's really great that you really want to happen is going to take some time. Uh, and unfortunately, everyone wants it to happen yesterday and, be, and they're so impatient. That's, I think, one of the reasons why they give up. And they have to have that long-term plan, which is what you were thinking about. It's, it's really the shortest term when you have that long-term vision, that long-term plan because that's when you get the most done so i thought that was some great points you brought up all about that likewise victor appreciate that uh yeah. there's another quote that i'll throw out from one of my friends super duper stan he said i'd rather die with the integrity of having fought for my dreams than live with the disgrace of looking in the mirror at a quitter and that that's always inspired me kind of along those same lines I love that quote. That's a great quote to uh, share with everyone. Now, uh, as we're getting toward the end, do you have any other last minute uh, tips for people who want to be successful as an entrepreneur, as a network marketer, other things they can do to ensure in the long run, they will be successful at this? Yeah, I would say, um, number one, it takes what it takes. And the reason I say that is because sometimes I connect with people and they're like, well, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And that's okay. Like we, we all have our agency and I respect that. And if there's something that you don't want to do and you can find a way to be successful in another way, bless you. I support that. I love it. Right. But don't let, oh, I don't want to do that. Prevent you from having success. Because mm -hmm. if I don't want to do that is preventing you from achieving your goals and dreams, then it is not a good thing, right? It's not a good thing. Um, so be willing to do, I mean, it takes what it takes, right? My philosophy is whatever it takes. Uh, some time ago, people, you know, on this journey, as you know, Victor, people say, what do you do for a living? You know, it's such a weird question for those of us who are in this space because mm -hmm. we don't quite know how to answer it. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, I'm just going to start telling people, 
whatever it takes. What do you do for a living? Whatever it takes. You know, if that's uh, flipping houses, if that's buying rental properties, if that's building a network marketing business, if that's building an affiliate marketing business, that's building whatever it takes. That's my philosophy, mm -hmm. right? Do what it takes. And specifically for people in network marketing and affiliate marketing, um, I would highlight that relationships absolutely are important. Mm -hmm. A lot of people want to skip over relationships. They want to skip over people. They want to drive massive traffic and get autopilot conversions. And if you can do that, awesome, bless you. Um, but what I found is that connecting with people is really important for uh, long-term success. And also, this is just my philosophy, in connecting with people, you get paid in ways that money can't pay you. Um, and the best way to uh, the best way to frame this is with another quote from Napoleon Hill, who said, "If money is all you have and your paycheck at the end of the week, you've been grossly underpaid." So I find great value in connecting with people, uh, lifting people, um, building relationships. I, I really, really enjoy that. And if you're getting just getting started um, from a tactical standpoint. I think one of the easiest ways you can start a business is to, um, uh, don't worry, I'm not going to say make a list of everyone you know, right? Um, but I am going to say that list is already made and it's on Facebook. <laughs> so, and I'm not going to say invite all of them, but what I would recommend is go through your friends list and figure out hey, you know, do I have to invite Aunt Bertha? No, you don't have to invite Aunt Bertha if you don't want to invite Aunt Bertha. But odds are there are some people in your friends list that maybe could use an invitation from you to look at what you're doing. And I would encourage you to do that, you know, get started with that uh, because that skill is going to benefit you over time. I learned things when I first invited in that first network marketing business that I still use today. So, yeah. No, I agree. Relations are so important talking to people, inviting people. And I like what you said, uh, the, building these friendships and relationships, you also get, pays, get paid in many other ways besides money, which is really fulfilling and enriching. So I love that point that you brought up. And you really need to talk to people. It, it is so crucial in this business because what is network marketing? It's network marketing. You got to network with people, talk to people. And the, and the great things happen when you build these relationships. Like you said, there's so many different ways you get paid, not just financially. You so many things you get from other people. You, they introduce you to other people. You develop these great contexts to them and, and you inspire so many other people. You can change so many people's lives, but you also meet a lot of people who help change your life for the better. So it's a, I see it as a win-win situation on both ends. You have people helping you out, you're helping people out and your life is much fuller and richer as a result of that. So I thank you for sharing that part about building relationships and just really just talk to me. You just never know who might be open to what you have to share. So, yeah, and like you said, you have to talk to everyone on your Facebook list. If you have a certain aunt or uncle or cousin you don't want to talk to, you don't have to. You're not required to talk to every single person living on this earth. Yep. I mean, how did this interview come about? I sent you an invitation and you was like, no, I'm not open, but would you be on my show? And this is a great thing. I'm thankful exactly. for this. You know, yeah. thank you, Victor. This has been really fun, you know, to, to hang out. So yeah, good things come. Good things come. Absolutely. And listen, it's been a great pleasure having you, Paul. I mean, I, it's always good talking to you, catching up with you. And I just love all the great wisdom you share with us. You definitely you know, gave us a lot of your knowledge. I know the audience got a lot out of all the great things you had to share. So I really appreciate your taking time on your busy schedule to be on today. So it was such a pleasure having us. I want to say thank you for being on today, Paul. 
It's all my pleasure. Thank you, Victor. It's been a, been a lot of fun. And thanks to everyone who tuned in and, and listened in. Appreciate you. And just want to encourage you to always go for your dreams. It's, it's worth it. It's worth it to stay in the game and, and keep fighting for, uh, you know, that life that you see is in front of you that, that you want. Okay. Amen to that. And before we let you go, Paul, if people want to contact you, what is the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, probably Facebook Messenger. Um, yeah, they Facebook Messenger. They can also go to my blog at paulhitchings.net. I've got my contact information there. Awesome. Great. Well, again, Paul, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate your sharing all this wisdom. It was such a pleasure having you on and have yourself an amazing day, my friend, and take care and God bless. You too, Victor. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.